Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. From Dallas, Texas, the Flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Did you ever know the Oswald before? Never have known him or seen him before. Had you ever planned anything yeah. like this? I was so emotionally upset for three days. Is there, uh, is there any truth at all the stories that Oswald had did in your club or anything? None whatsoever. It's just fabrication. Normally you carried a gun with you, did you, Jack? Yes, I did. I always carried a gun because of various allocations I had in my clubs. Then I carried a pretty large sum of money at times. The ironic part of this is, had I made an illegal turn, behind the bus to the parking lot, had I gone the way I was supposed to go, straight down Main Street, I would have never, I would never met this fate, because the difference in meeting this fate was 30 seconds, one way or the other. Ty Webb, Heavy Longmire, Gustav Mateblanc. London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Like I said, we're nothing if not generous. We are generous. With our time, with our bodies. I mean, our t-shirts, t-shirts. See, I'm still waiting, for I'm still waiting on a t-shirt, dude. I'm so fucking behind on t-shirts right I've now. I've got one. Can you hear me? T-shirt, and it's the one of those first ones. On. I've got it on right now. Look, look heavy's got his honey bun t-shirt on. This is the See, only. He's got stained. This is the only one I have. It's one of the first ones you made with just a little print thing. Oh, on that there. is an old one. I don't have a honey bun one, but I do have a catfish one. Do you want a honey bun you one? Catfish one? Oh yeah. You need a honey bun one. I'm big time. Is it okay a- if we start calling you Honey Bun? Or sure. maybe just I. That's kind of hot. So have you ever been to Dick's Last Resort? Yes. So you know whole, the whole point is like to be an asshole? Like right. I, I don't get that whole appeal. I've never been. I went there in high school and I didn't know that that was the deal. It's and kind I of annoying. And I remember the uh, uh, waitress came up and called me pumpkin tits. And I was like, is that supposed to be an insult? <laughs> it was a very weird interaction. But Honey Bun just reminds me of like pumpkin tits. Come over here, Honey Bun. Is that because the nipples were like... No, I think just that they were the size of pumpkins. I don't really know. I don't get the Mm. joke. That seems like she's coming in pretty hot there. That's to start with. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. Yeah. She wanted a dip. Can I take your drink order, she pumpkin wanted... tits? <laughs> Are you recording? Oh yeah. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Well, well. Now you have that of heavy. Like you can just start it there. Yeah. There you go. No, we're going back to the start. Okay. <laughs> no. I'll cut all that out if you want. I don't care. It's great. That's we're all having a there. good time here. It's all friends. My whole thing is that like with cussing, with doing whatever, like my dad listens to my podcast right. and anytime I cuss, like I think about it, but then I'm like, he knows who I am. Right. And he's always like, anytime I say this, like, is your truck, uh, truck parked out front? He just thinks I sound like a sailor, truck driver. <laughs> it's his big joke. He's a country guy. Like, nice. Know. I think we would really enjoy. Hanging out with Rudy. I, I really think you would, too. Yeah. He's How old is Rudy? Uh, 68, 67. Okay, so he's like our dad. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's Vietnam vet. He's a big fisherman. Tells a lot of stories. <laughs> oh, I mean, hell. That, Other than the sign him up. part, I mean, you know, we, yep, that's us. Like he caught a 97-pound catfish once. Oh. 97? Holy yes. cow. It was... Noodling? What lake? Um, Jug line? I would have to look at, <laughs> this is in the 90s, so I'd have to ask him, but I want, 
I don't, maybe, I don't think it was Tuakini. We would like. I bet a blue cat at Tuakini. I bet. But it, the was like, it was like, it was the hybrid like the, fishing and sand bass fishing over I've, there at Tuakini. I've been striper fishing over there. Yeah. That's I think the best it was like I've, the ever, one, I've ever had. Second largest one on rod and reel. But he and I are supposed to go on a fishing trip, um, like on a guide trip. And it's so funny because like TC tries to like, he's not interested whenever I go fishing with my dad, like normally. And then my dad's talking about a guide trip. He's like, I want to go. I'm like, right. what the fuck are you going to do? Read the internet? Yeah. I'm about to show you a picture of a big-ass striper I caught on Tawakini. Oh. So okay. prepare yourself. All right. Let me see it. This Bring is it. captivating podcast. This is going to be a dick pic. Well, y'all can just talk amongst yourselves while I look this shit yeah, up. Yeah, you need to do your housekeeping. Have any of y'all... Heavy's on a roll. <laughs> have, I'm intrigued anytime something Kennedy comes out. Well, hold okay. on. Then we do need to do housekeeping because this is going to be the whole episode. Okay. <laughs> This is Can You Hear Me, the podcast, three guys, plus special guests. First of all, look at that mess of Very hybrid special. and striper we caught one day. Wow. That's it's hybrid. Nice. Let me see. Let me see. Wow. That is an impressive picture. That's a, that's a good take from Tawakini. Now I'm about to show you this big mama bear I pulled in. Anyway, Can You Hear Me, the podcast, three guys, special where guests. where she lives now. Megan Fleming, back for a fourth appearance, a record fourth appearance. Hey, now. No one else has ever guessed it that many times. They have not. I demanded that I at least get more than Jay, and I've gotten that. There we go. Although, Cranfield might have gotten six, technically. God damn it, we're going to be here all not night. Not all together. All night. No, not all we're together. going all night. Anyway, thank you again for once again coming for the fourth time to the Longmire Studios. It's a, it's a drive out here. It's a nice barn, though. And... You can find us on the internet at com, where all of our old episodes are, including the $120 episode, if you want to hear Ty and his first appearance. And you can always find us on Twitter. I'm at Real Gustav. You can find me, the one and only Heavy Longmire, at Longmire Heavy. Uh, I'm at TyWeb3000. Check out that big mama bear. I just love that heavy points to you, like yeah, turn. like you're on Dude, red that's, light. That's nice, man. Hell yeah, it what is. What that way? I don't remember. That's what the biggest that striper way? I've ever caught, though. You want what get that a, way though? You get a gander at oh, it. Oh wow, that's a pretty big, good little fish right there. Nice damn striper. That's the biggest Did one I've ever it? caught. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We caught a mess that day too. That was also at Tawakini. Now was that was that just on your own or was that guided? How about that? Damn son, that ain't a bad neither. Dead gum. I know, son. What do you think, Megan? You like that girth? That you? <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah. How long ago was that? Uh, that was 2013. Okay. Megan would like you to uh, send that to her. Here's it's not a tie, so I don't want it. I was tied in the fish. My dad pulled in that no, it wasn't. big hybrid. No, oh, there was the one with him with it. Oh. There's one of. There's Maybe. me and Pop with a couple big ones. This is great radio. Damn, this is the best. That's great. Right there. That's a great pick. Maybe just cut this Let's part show out. Gus that. No, this There's is too me much. me and my old man with a couple big fish. Dad gum, that is sweet. Oh, God almighty. Wow. You see where I get those girlish good looks? Well, I've, we've always known where you get those girlish Dad good looks. Dad is a looker. He's a, he's a handsome man. I can't Feast your eyes on that a old man right smile, there. A great smile. You know? Great that, smile. That man's always like smiling. A baby. And always funny. Yes, he's funny. Always funny. Always been. All right. And Megan, we can find you on Twitter at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's one of me during Little League. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bopalina underscores in between the A. I've gotten, I've gotten it down now. You have gotten it down. And you can you can find us on social media, other places too. But that's the main thing social media. Tweet us <laughs> and email us. All right. Heavy, you've been wanting to talk. I mean, you've been chomping at the He's bit. Been itching. Itching. Check out that beard I had at one point. Dang. <laughs> I'm talking about. <sighs> Look at that big daddy. Remember when I had that yes, thing? I, I, I think I've had that picture saved somewhere. Well, I couldn't get on a flight for a year. Got my eye on you. Every time something related to JFK comes about, I my antenna perks up and I delve back through history uh, <laughs> and things that I've... Mr. Peabody. These pictures are going to have me distracted the whole time. I've got a picture of my hand for some reason. (laughs) Were you measuring something? I don't know. (laughs) Ty, put your phone down. (laughs) I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm listening. He's not listening. This is is no tech time. I'm listening. No tech time. Recently, they have released the new classified JFK documents. We've all all seen the documents. 
some of them, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, that got me intrigued the night after they came out, and I was, and this was an overlooked movie that to me is great. I don't know if y'all have y'all seen Parkland. I have not seen that. Oh, I've heard, I've heard that's I, good. But is I that the seen one with it. Zac Efron? Yes. I started watching that. It's I've heard that's really, good. really, really good because it shows some perspective that at the time when that came out, and I think. 2013, I, I wasn't aware of, so I looked up a bunch of stuff. Maybe you and somebody that does a movie podcast could do an episode mm. about that. Maybe. Nah. Nah. And, uh, Doesn't sound very good. But anyway, so as a, how old were we when JFK came out? Freshman? Um, I, no, think I, I think I was a freshman. You might have been a sophomore. I think we were, we were dri- high school. I think we were driving. Okay. And I was, that was my first take at the JFK conspiracy. And I was enthralled. That was a great movie. It's yeah. a great movie. Not accurate at it's all, not but accurate, no, it's not but accurate, it's a great at movie. all. But that that sparked. You can say that about pretty much any Oliver. Stone. And yeah. back in the day, that was the linchpin as linchpin. my mastery of six degrees of sep- uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right, because he was in it with so many other people in that movie, yeah. and I could just always whip anybody's ass. Exactly, that was a go-to. So that that sparked my interest in the JFK conspiracy. Was that movie there? And uh, since then, I've read some, read articles, read old... Is that why there's all these pieces of paper taped to the wall of the garage? Yeah, it looks like Beautiful Mind in with here. Yarn, with yarn, with yarn, yarn stretched yeah. back and going forth. from pen to pen. Could be. Could be. Um, all right, let's just roundtable this here. Gus, do you believe that there was a conspiracy to kill one John Fitzgerald Kennedy? My answer has been redacted. Megan? No. You believe that there was one shooter, mm-hmm. one Harvey Oswald? Yes. From the sixth floor school book depository? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mr. Webb? He doesn't even he know doesn't what you're know talking what about. He doesn't know what right now. There's so many cool pictures from way back <laughs> when we went on those. Um, I, I think Lee Harvey acted alone. Okay. Now, I I don't know. I mean, I, I do think there's still some question about whether or not there were any kind of people behind the scenes that were interested in Kennedy's demise. Yeah, I think that's that's. I think kind that of was out I there think. for sure. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I I'm a I'm a Gerald Posner slash Gordon Keith believer on the okay. lone gunman. Well, as I've gotten, oh, go ahead, Gus. What about there's a theory out there, and you may touch on this in a minute that. While Lee Harvey may have acted alone, maybe there were some other shots that were friendly fire accidentally. That's I talked to my mom about that yesterday, and she said she's never heard that. And I was like, that's why they won't release it, because the guy who was in front of Kennedy, he was shot in the back, and it was said to have... John Connolly. Yeah, I always forget Yeah, the governor. But it was always said to believe... Rose-colored glasses. It was always glasses. believed that whenever, he's wa- whenever they're trying to get up into the car, that I don't know if, he's, if someone's holding their gun... But that gun then shoots the guy in the back, and they could didn't be. want that released. And she's like, "I've never heard that. There was only be. one." I've, gun. I've heard a couple of other things where there was a possibly. Uh, as I've gotten older, which you know, young heavy likes to believe, you know, as any young person does, in conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. I do believe that Oswald probably acted alone and got lucky and pulled this off. I, I do think that. That was a nice petty callback. What, uh, but then it calls into question, well, why the hell all this stuff secret for so long? How come they don't just turn everything loose? My theory on that is that there were so many warning signs and that it, that it could have been prevented. Yeah. That the FBI messed up. Yeah. Could have prevented the CIA messed up. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, because we know that Oswald, had, you know, lived in Russia for a while, then gone to Mexico City about six weeks before it happened, and the CIA was watching him and all this kind of stuff. The FBI had a file on him. Wouldn't surprise me if the CIA actually did over the years have contact with him, and if maybe if he wasn't, you know, he might have been a a double agent slash. Wasn't that in the documents that like they asked that slash he, triple agent slash you know yeah and that. Did he try to defect when he was in? I know when he was in Mexico, he went to the embassy, right? And they were right, making fun he, of how bad his Russian was right, and everything. He was he was talking to the Cubans, trying to get a flight to Cuba to then go back to Russia, right? Okay, or something like that. But I, I think there were just lots of. I think the problem with them not releasing all the documents is that 
there were lots of warning signs that would make the agencies look bad as far kind of like with nine eleven. There's you know tons of chatter beforehand. Right, and then that, like after hindsight, you can right tons of chatter beforehand, and then in hindsight, you can say, "Well, shit, we should have yeah. picked up on this," you know, that kind of thing. So I think that's probably the embarrassment factor of why they're not releasing certain things. Mm-hmm. And then two, there's no doubt there's some untoward stuff going on with the CIA, and FBI oh, that absolutely. they don't want out there. And I mean, it's is I think common knowledge and accepted that. Immediately after Oswald was killed, when they, because to me this is interesting too, and that movie Parkland brings this up, is the, uh, the, uh, oh, the, hot dog? No, who's the, Not the, hot the dog. guy that does the, when people die, the medical Corner? examiner, uh-huh. the medical examiner, was, because at that time, it was not a crime to kill the president of the United States. And so the, the, Dallas County Medical well, Examiner. It, it, it would have been a crime. Like a murder? Hold on, hold on. The it was a it was just a murder. Mm. It was not like a federal crime. Right. So the Dallas County Medical Examiner tried to keep him from taking the body right. back to Washington. He's like, no, this is a murder investigation here in Dallas. You cannot leave with the body. And the feds are like, no, we're getting the f out of here and we're leaving. So then they hustle off. You know, and since then, you know, laws have been enacted to where that is a federal offense. Did you watch Jackie? I've not seen that. Yeah, I did. A, I did a podcast on that with TC on my podcast on the Blowout Network. Um, What's the name of that podcast? Hey, now Megan's Movie Podcast. Where and when does that release? <laughs> Every Friday. That I wasn't really going to try to go into a thing. It's like got that. an awesome. But anyways, theme song. I just I was just talking about how um, really I've does. always been obsessed with Jackie Kennedy, mm-hmm. and I, it's not even like a JFK thing. Like I've been obsessed with right. Jackie Kennedy since I was little. Um, but they, they show that in the movie, um, where they're trying to take the body out and they're like, you know, no, we have to follow a certain protocol and like, whatever, get him out of there. And so they're just like the, uh, the suspicion that like something was, was weird there. And also they kind of, uh, hint towards LBJ kind of being like, we got to hurry up and let them know that, um, it was the lone guy. Cause we don't want them to think that, uh, I had, I was pushing for him to be assassinated. So right. I could be the president. So there's like all like, and I don't know, did you read the pa- the documents yet? I've read bits and pieces. Yeah, We've I, all no seen the documents. Yes. You've all seen <laughs> the documents. I've only, I've only gotten to like read about certain parts of it, but the one, um, that like, it was just saying that, um, Someone had called the day before Lee Harvey was shot and was like, hey, you guys, Dallas PD, you've got to like. I believe secure. it was Hoover. They were like, you've yeah. got to secure. Um, yeah, Harvey it was Oswald Jagger Hoover. That's right. Because I'm going to kill because because someone's going to kill him tomorrow or something. Yeah. And so then the next day he died. And so it's like that's that type of stuff that they're releasing now is is what I guess they're worried about. And then I think Gordon was talking about it. About that would be Gordon Keith on yes. KTCK, the ticket. Yes. The owner of Lee Harvey's bathtub. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, That's so on was, AM and FM. Yes. 96.7 FM. No, no period. No now, dot. that's only no. in Texas. So obviously 96.7 in your part of the world may not be the ticket. You but can you can download it, the Sports Day app. If you're in Gilmer slash Melbourne, you might want to try the internet. Yeah, you can listen. Sports Day app's gr- great because you can go back and time shift an hour behind yeah, and skip commercials. skip commercials mm-hmm. or segments that you don't care for. Like, Which is most of them. You know, Cowboys talk the yeah. day after. Have y'all ever seen that movie with uh, Parker Posey to where her and her, her brother like dress up like Jackie and JFK and do like some incest love I situation. have not, but I'm making a note right now yeah, really? because I love Parker Posey. Me too. Mm. It's Although a weird, she's a little it's a, skinny. Yeah, I'd buy her some water burgers. She's crazy. She's yeah, she's good her. crazy. Well, but back to that. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say talking it's, about it's weird, but where they're like trying it. to hustle the body out in yeah. Parkland. It's a very disturbing scene because they're they rush LBJ rush back because he's which. I, and I didn't understand. I guess just because he was a Texas senator beforehand is why he was. To me, it was odd that the vice president was even in the same city. Yeah, um, with the president. I think also they wanted him to be there because, like, it was going to be pretty contentious if uh, JFK was there by himself. Yeah. Like, yes, 
They now, wanted him to like soften everything. E- exactly. Dallas wasn't it's, a big fan of his. No. Right. So right. did you listen to City of Hate? Mike Marshall on the Blowout Podcast Network, City yes. of Hate. That first <laughs> one, that first episode's great. Was great. And uh very great. I mean like in like that strenuously opening, object great. The uh opening dialogue in that was Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But it, with Parkland, it shows them rushing because JFK ended up. He was at Parkland. They rushed yeah, him to I've Parkland too. Part, yeah. Well, then they're like, "Okay, we got to get him out of here." Mm-hmm. So they're, which I questioned. The, and here's the Gus in me. It shows the Secret Service with these automatic weapons, and I'm questioning the authenticity of that weapon in that time period. But uh, rushing him to the car and then rushing him back to Love Field. Getting him on Air Force One, and the Secret Service is like, "Okay, we're we got to bring the coffin on board. Uh, where are we going to put the coffin?" And so, and it's just this heart wrench. They have to take seats out of Air Force One. Yeah. They're like, and so they're just making room. And then, well, then the damn casket—they're having to carry it up the ramp, mm-hmm. you know, up the stairs. Well, it won't fit through the damn door. They can't make the so they're like sawing off pieces of the plane inside and shit to make the corner. And they're like, just—I mean—they're expecting. Everything to be under attack, just, just like chaos. on just like on nine eleven. You didn't know what was coming right. next, you know. And it was just this real. I mean, they're turning the casket. You know, it's just like moving. It's like they're moving a couch into Air yeah. Force One. They're turning it People every. Hate to help somebody move every which way, you know. <laughs> this is and a serious it was, topic. Okay? That was a good joke. That, that was, was a good, good joke. joke. But then what I found interesting: Secret services calling to see if somebody's got a truck. Right. Nobody wants to pay for those fucking U-Haul blankets. Yeah. Uh, all they says is we'll get you some pizza. Go by the grocery store. So get you a six pack of some pizza. Yeah, get yeah. your ass over here and carry it. Go by the grocery store. See, so they have some boxes. We're not buying boxes. <laughs> we ain't buying know. no fucking boxes. What I found interesting about Parkland was the characters, the real life characters that aren't brought up in other movies and documentaries. Can like, we put your music in at the start of this episode for Parkland? <laughs> sure, I'll send it to you. The uh, <laughs> like Harv- Lee Harvey's brother, Robert. Who lived in Dallas? He's still alive. Lives in Wichita Falls. Think really? We get him on. He's ninety something years old. Call him. Still sounds alive. Like a, sounds like a plan. The Maybe he's actually what, what, what hit that door. <laughs> hit that door. Hide <laughs> <at> the door. <laughs> what amazes me is because we because I mean obviously that happened before any of us were born, so we think of it as ancient <laughs> history. Ancient history. Nobody can still be alive from that. <laughs> in the famous photo where Jack Ruby comes up and shoots Oswald. And he's playing the keyboard. And <laughs> the cop that's standing to the right of Oswald. Is, he's got, he's, he's been got a, on. He's got a tan suit on. He's still alive. Dude's still alive. Lives in Red River County. He was on. I think the Musers had him on at one point. I right. think you're right. So, have you seen the Netflix doc? It's not the documentary, but it's like the Smithsonian version. Kevin Spacey voices it, but it's like Nuh-uh. the day that Kennedy died or something. I haven't yeah. seen that. It's really good. But it like just in talking about that picture and technology about like how hard it was to actually shoot a picture, and it wasn't like the olden days where he had like the little birdie and like. But they did, wait, they, wait an hour, but it wasn't yeah. like an instant thing. Right. And it was just so happened that the guy said, and they were interviewing the photographer, that he said that he just had clicked it really quickly yeah. and it got it right whenever it shot right. him. And just seeing that part of it, it's like not really, they don't really go over that in, in the movie. Yeah. Right. The thing that drives me the most insane is that when people go off on trying to make Jack Ruby into more than he was. Yeah, Jack Ruby was... Jack Ruby was a wannabe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it, he was a, he was a sleazy dude. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and definitely but, had organized crime connections. Yes, right. But he was always a wannabe. Yeah, and he All, wanted to be the man that shot the man that right. killed the president. But what a, amazing! And I've gone on on YouTube and looked at videos of like the the doctors that were working at Parkland mm-hmm. at that time. I mean, I think all of them are dead now, but uh, most of them lived until the late nineties, early two thousands. The incon- and here's where you're like, uh, some something's not right. I mean, when the when the doctor when one of the doctors that was in there working on him, who was at the head of the table, you know, holding some piece of equipment, staring into the wound in <clears throat> Kennedy's head, when they show him the odd topsy pictures, 
from, you, from, you, Be- from Bethesda, <clears throat> and he's like, no, that's not the wound that I saw. That's yeah. some, right. something's. Yeah, there's been talk about there's, how there's different that stuff different. gives you the jeebies. Yeah, how there's been. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to get too technical, but <laughs> yeah, and uh, but that's busting out that Latin again. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, if any MEs are listening, I'm sorry, we're doing shop talk here, and, and that's the kind of stuff to which I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think definitely mistakes were made because it, it, any of those documentaries it blows you away. Or always blows me away at as that's happening, just the chaos and disorganization within the Dallas yeah. PD. Right, people coming and going. It was a cluster, it, even in the hospital. People like in Parkland, they make light of this. Finally, the one of the nurses is like, y- "Y'all got to get out of here." I mean, there's the operating room is it's full of Secret Service, and I think there's reporters in there and everything else, and like y'all got to get out of here. Get you know, leave, 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 leave. And it's it's just bizarre to watch that level of disorganization. And But at the time, uh, that's kind of the way the thing times were back then. It was just kind of come and go. There wasn't there really protocol. And there like, wasn't protocol. Like when you think there, was about, no, uh, there was no HIPAA. Yeah. yeah well, there was when no you think HIPAA. about just even um, the shootings that happened in Dallas with the police officers, like, it was chaos, but at the same time, they had like SWAT in there really quickly. Right. They were able to find the guy, they knew what find to do. the drone or the bomber, and they then they kind of like were able. And I I don't well know organized. if that yeah, it's just, they knew the, yeah they knew what to do. But back then it was like, and that's the I know it sounds stupid, but I was always really fascinated by the reporters that because it was um by the grassy knoll, they'd have to run to the Dallas yeah. Morning News mm-hmm. and just thinking about them like panicked, like trying to get there really quickly. And they I think they were talking to some of the people who were writing for the Morning News and just like how I think they might have had to use the phone in the school book depository and just calling someone being yeah. like, hey, this is what we found out. And then there's the Walter Cronkite thing. But Well, Brett Ship's dad was one of those reporters right. back then. Well, in, in, the, in Parkland, it shows how when they, I can't remember the guy's name, he plays a reporter for the Dallas Morning News. He was in Boardwalk. He's from Texas. He's I haven't a Texas, seen I was Boardwalk. like, Steve Buscemi? He, he's, a, he's a Texas actor. I always like him. He's just a character. He's a character actor. But he plays a reporter for the Dallas Morning News who realizes that Zapruda has this film. Well, he tells the Secret Service. Well, the Secret Service and this reporter track down Zapruda at his office. Billy Bob Thornton plays the uh, Secret Service guy from the Dallas Bureau. Is he fat, Billy Bob Thornton, or is he regular? Skinny. Oh, man. Evening Skinny Shade, Bill Billy Bob. I need and, uh, Tombstone, Billy Bob. And, uh, it's like I'm playing cards. But it's funny because he says uh, they're trying to figure out because Zapruder's got this eight millimeter, uh-huh. which that was brand new at the time. Yeah, that's and he's, cutting edge. And Can you imagine shooting that and being like, holy shit, what and do he's I like, have? Uh, and anyway, this character's like, we can develop that over at the over at the morning news. Mm-hmm. Like, run, they hustle him over Zapruder and everything over to the – which even then, the Secret Service does not take possession of the film. They're like, Billy Bob's like, okay, this is your film. You're in possession of it. You're coming with us. Well, without, was, without a, I mean, legally, without right. a warrant, they couldn't have. You're, nowadays, do you think that they yeah, would wait no for a warrant? Yeah, there's no question. Well, even now, back, but see, back then, they, I mean, I'm thinking more, they'd be less likely to back then. Because that's back before Miranda. I mean, there was well, a lot that's more true. That's true. latitude. And, uh, so they go over the morning news. guy from the morning news comes out. He's like, no, nah, we can't develop this. You know, try next door at WFAA. Yeah. So they go over to WFAA, and that guy's like, uh, no, we can't do this. And Zapruder's like, I think there's a guy out by Love Field at the Fox Photomat or right. something. I think the they'll do it. So they go out there, and the guy's like, yeah, I've done it four or five times. I'll try it. And he develops it, and then, you know, the rest is history. Was that actor Barry Corbett by any chance? No, okay. <laughs> just trying to think of a Texas character actor. So we were talking about what about, about the guy that used to be on the uh, 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 Mr. Peppermint? Was that was him? it Jim Varney? No, it was not Jim Varney. All right, that was an just, awful guess. I mean, that was you, a great guess. You don't make if you don't shoot. <laughs> so the one thing I was going to say about my family connection to the JFK thing debacle is this a bombshell i need to hit yeah the, are we gonna get bah, 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 behind the maybe green door um well, I've, well my, <laughs> she doesn't get it no i don't it's okay. porno don't look it up 70s um i don't know i'm i'm curious because like i don't 
I don't know what's in the doc. I have not he's read not, all the documents. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who is it? He's not from Texas. He's from he's from Lawton, Oklahoma. Oh shit! Way to go, Paul Sparks. Yes, 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 yes. He played. I love it. He played. He played Mickey Dole in Boardwalk. Mickey Dole seen Boardwalk, but I think I need to. All right, Megan. Anyway, so I'd be curious to see if the documents. Um, have anything that was reported during that time period or if it's only solid solid leads oh yeah but um what happened was so when oswald fled the scene uh jd Tippett was the officer yeah. that was following him and so when they get to they're on jefferson like he i think he goes into the theater Mm-hmm. Um, and so Texas theater. Yeah. The Texas yeah. theater. So, um, JD Tippett has to stop off at a record store to use the phone to like that. Cause they don't have, I don't think they have the walkies or something. I don't know. So he has to call the, uh, department to be like, Hey, like, I think I just found him. Like he's in the theater. Um, this is before he gets shot and he uses the phone, whatever walks out. Well, my uncle let him use the phone in the top 10 records. He hey, now, now we're talking. This. And so it was one of those whenever, like, they think they were going around being like, well, we need to trace back, like, right. when he was shot. And they were like, okay, well, we know he went to use the phone. So, you know, we have to go back to this record store. But my uncle was kind of like a, a fisherman, tall tale kind of guy. So I don't know if he made it up or not. So Did he I'd own be, the record store? No. Well, he just worked there? there? Yeah. Well, then, okay. The, uh, Did Jack his- Black work there too? <laughs> yeah, and uh, a guy named Dick that was bald. Seriously. Right. And Tim Robbins lived uh, upstairs. My mother and father-in-law. Here, here we go with the one-up heavy. Mm-hmm. They uh, they were they in were the car. Actually they were JD in the car. Tippett. They were <laughs> young. Uh, Lovers. They were young adults. Had just been married. They were both working at... Uh, Some Metro- might call them young moderns. <laughs> they were both... Uh, Joke for two. They were both working at Methodist Hospital. They had. Is he giving us the sign to stop? They have. They had an apartment somewhere down there in Oakland, that area down there. Isn't that a Neil Simon place? And uh, (laughs) thank you. So anyway, my father-in-law was at work. My mother-in-law was back home with the apartment, and uh, it was somewhere like right off Commerce Jefferson, that area right there. Well, my father-in-law calls her. From the hospital, she's at home. She says, uh, "Hey," or he's like, "Hey, did you hear that the president's been shot?" Yeah. She's like, "Oh my god!" You know, this is the, she's got the windows open and stuff. Well, as they're talking, she says, "All she can hear is just sirens and stuff." And uh, she's like, "You know, hold on, I can't hear you. There's something going on across the street." And she puts the rifle away. And uh, there's something going on across the street, and it ends up just right there across from their apartment was where Tippett was shot. Wow! Had, yeah, that's that's pretty that wild. is cool. And uh, she so she you know hangs up the phone, walks out, see all, cops all over the place, and like there's been an officer killed, and they're like, oh shit! Well, hell, the president got shot too, you know, and she didn't know anything yeah, was well, going you, on, you know, you know right? And uh, it was just one of those things, but it was like you know, it's just right there's there. so many things about that. that it's just such a crazy scene. Yeah, I mean, all the things that happened in a short period of time. Yeah, and so chaotic. And, you know, we've talked off air because we all enjoy a conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just, I think it's human nature. And when you start looking at something, you know, you pull back and then you start looking at all these little pieces. I think life in general, if you looked at anything, you could probably find all kind of little right. interesting twists tidbits. and tidbits. And um, There's nothing fun about Occam's Razor. No, no, there's not at all. There's nothing interesting about it. But... One of the I haven't delved into this at all yet, except I saw one thing this morning when I was looking at something that I may have been on the internet somewhere. Great Space Coaster. It was it was the Great Space Coaster website. Did you see the thing about the they traced during the investigation they traced the ammunition and that the USMC the Marine Corps had bought a huge lot of six point five Caracano, which is what the, it was an Italian surplus rifle. Mm-hmm. They bought a huge lot of ammunition from a U.S. manufacturer to to load this ammunition. A cache, if you will, if you will, one might say, even though the USMC did not use that rifle at all and did yeah. not use that caliber. Now 
that just may be an odd occurrence that they found this, and maybe they were buying it to supply some third world country or something right. like that. But the fact that the Marine Corps bought it, I would say, was unusual. And they bought it just prior, or when they was had the time commissioned line? the lot. So you know, when you buy ammunition, it's got a head stamp on it, right? And especially military ammunition, it's not as clear as like you know, if you go buy a box of Remington Green Box two seventy, it's going to say you know two seventy mm-hmm. and. It's going to have all that on there. A military head stamp usually just has a, a few letters or numbers on it, which, if you know what it means, it's telling you it was made by this um, manufacturer. manufacturer and this is the year and things like that. So they were able to go and say, well, this is that head stamp. This isn't foreign. This came from this particular one. From the casings from Oswald? Mm-hmm. It was military sir, military ammunition? Well, it, it would always be military ammunition, chances are, but it was a lot that had been commissioned by the USMC from a, a United States manufacturer. Hmm. And just and that wasn't typical, and it was just prior to this it was, happening? Yeah, it was within the window of time. Yeah, I'll find a, the document. but That's a nice little rabbit trail. Yeah, and, you know, again, I don't know. Right. You know, because surplus stuff gets sold. and Exactly. There's lots of ways. And that was back when you could buy mail order guns. Yeah, and this is what the That's Kennedy what assassination yeah. stopped that uh, process. But he ordered that rifle, I and mean, you could you get an old. What was it? I've already paid twelve bucks for the rifle or something. Yeah. And and there were guns that were a lot cheaper than that. Yeah, I always thought Lee Harvey looked like our friend who was in your grade who had the messed up arm. Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little similarity. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that local flavor that you're bringing to it. <laughs> it's, Wake uh, me up later. It's definitely an interesting chapter of, and it's just hard to believe that, that some, we're talking about Jack Ruby being a nobody. Oswald was a nobody. He right. was, he was a fuck up by all accounts. Right. But bad, bad guy. There's that thing yeah. about the CIA saying they had him in Russia. There's and, that uh, document that, that came out with it and that, it, that, that he was supposed to be getting over to try to get to China. Now that didn't mean he wasn't a fuck yeah. up. You yeah, know, that they, you know, but, but the, it just it's just hard to believe that somebody like him could get that lucky. You know, if he truly was a fuck up, right? Which you know, and I don't know what was Secret Service protocol back then. Fuck, yeah, evidently I don't know. it wasn't. I mean, could you imagine a president parading through the streets now with open? skyscraper well, windows. Well, yeah, and so I was telling DC But City, that was before air conditioning. So you know when, yeah, that was when uh, JFK does the speech, I guess maybe at the NASA headquarters, um, he does a, he does like a special, special line. Like, um, Think not what you can do for your country, but or what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. This is an uncanny. I think it's whatever he's saying. Like we'll go, we'll be on the moon. We'll be right, on by the moon. Okay. Yeah. So whatever. He's he's at this place. The moonshot. And so in uh, in the actual picture, like we watch TC may watch the whole video it's on YouTube. Um, but he's he's doing the speech. LBJ's behind him. But I mean, there's just like randos sitting at, like sitting right behind LBJ, and I'm like, yeah. in what world? Is this like taking place? Like, and that's, and how sad is it that that's all I'm thinking is like, someone's going to shoot him like immediately, even though I know he's like, he, that's not how he dies, but just the, the clearance that they have, like even whenever they were in, they're in Fort Worth uh, at the very beginning of the day where he was assassinated Mm -hmm. and um, he ends up like, I guess they fly over to, they fly over to Love Field. But like, even before that, when they're in Fort Worth, they're like, you know, this close to people shaking their hands, you know, like, and I think, uh, that's the thing is that Jackie, the movie is not that great, but I do like seeing like there's untold stories. Like, I think Mm -hmm. she had just suffered a miscarriage. Yeah. I think um, I've heard that during that. Uh, like she didn't want to come out of, out of the room or whatever. And so, uh, they actually like held up the luncheon. Like they were sitting there waiting for her to come. And so she's like, God damn it. I got to fucking go down there. Mm. So she goes down there and is all dressed up and kind of waving or whatever. But just the fact that like the first lady, the president of the United States were just sitting there walking. Like anyone could have walked up. Yeah. There wasn't any, like, I don't even think that there was that many secret service people in front of them or like holding on to him like they do now or like yeah. covering his yeah. head. Like it's just, it's insane to watch all of those videos just anytime they're doing. <laughs> well, and even that changed everything about, yeah. what well, you, you say that, but then look at how Robert Kennedy died. Well, yeah. but he was, yeah, but, but he wasn't a president. He was a nobody. But then again, 
to your point. But he was running for president. But beyond that, do you remember? I mean, I remember specifically when Reagan got That's shot. That's true. Yeah. And if you watch, I went back and watched the video of that not long ago, and it's crazy to see that. Yeah. yeah. And They're there just, were people all around. And, yeah. and it's a clusterfuck when that goes down. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. George Wallace. George oh, yeah, Wallace, yeah. yeah. It's amazing Reagan didn't die in that. Oh, yeah. I mean. Have you ever <laughs> seen that movie, uh, The Day Reagan Was Shot? No. No. I don't think so, it's, but I've, that sounds familiar. It's amazing to me, the politicians who did not, the ones trying to grab power, mm. That were they're like no that and you find, you know, people are like that's not how the constitution oh, you're works. About the Alexander Haig is the yeah is the, is the classic one yeah. yeah where he's like I'm in charge and like eh, you know not exactly not really tap the brakes buddy yeah right. and uh but yeah that was a clusterfuck with them trying to figure out what to do and when to okay is he conscious do we right. do we swear in Bush do we do I mean what what do we do here and uh yeah just i mean i can't imagine the now, chaos that i, I goes think with after that. after reagan i think things definitely tightened up tightened up yeah but what about um but you know ford squeaky from tried to do ford too yeah. what about uh what's her name gifford kathy, kathy lee? lee no she's got a great uh, set uh what is her name she's the lady who got shot in the head like i don't know if she oh was yeah, Gabrielle, yeah, 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 yeah oh yeah Gabrielle gifford. like just the fact that like how did that happen like wasn't she like at some supermarket, like yeah. giving a speech yeah, or but, something. I mean, but she was just a just U.S. A, rep. Though. I mean, but that's what I'm they saying. They don't get is security. Like, yeah, they don't get not? that kind of security. Because there's well, how many of them? They like get some security, but nothing like a yeah. Not, yeah, I mean, they'd have like a, there'd probably be a cop there, but you know, yeah. I, that to that point, and and Reagan proves this. Even with all kinds of uh, security, if somebody wants to shoot you, they yeah. can shoot you. Right. Somebody yeah. wants to blow you up. They They're got a pretty good up. chance of blowing you up. It's like, have you ever heard the story where they accidentally thwarted uh, bin Laden blowing up Clinton? I don't think so. Tell me more. And I can't remember where, what I can't even remember what country it happened in. But Clinton was overseas, and they had the route laid out that he was going to be traveling down. Was it a dusty road? And, uh... Going to meet his friends. At the last minute, this last bridge that they were going to go over. There was a goat on it. The Secret Service just, I guess, got that feeling, you know. They're like, no, we're hanging a left here. And they turned off course, went around to another bridge. They checked the main route out. It's loaded with explosives. I'd never heard that. That's crazy. It was Bin Laden that would have... He's he's the one that he's over there crouching with one of the, those old plungers from right, the cartoon. Yeah, just like Wally Coyote. He's back there behind a rock. We're talking about assassinations. It always like it's insane to think about. Like our dads graduated in '68, mm-hmm. which how much shit went down that year? Oh. Like I always love to bend their ear on. Yeah. I mean, you had MLK and you had RFK within just a matter of months. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the whole world at that point was just like, what the hell yeah. is yeah, going yeah. on? Vietnam going on, you had civil rights going on. I remember asking my dad once, you know, as a, as a lifelong, him as a lifelong Democrat, I said, at what point in your life did you realize that the world wasn't going to change? That it's going to be what it's going to be and it's just going to keep on trudging along. And without even skipping a beat, he said when Robert Kennedy was killed. Yeah. He said that guy would have. That broke a lot of hearts for he sure. Said, he oh, said, my mom talked about like even with JFK, she was like boo-hooing. He said, uh, yeah. he said, I had my wagon hitched to that guy. I said, I really believed in him as far as just the not specifically for what he stood for, but the stuff that he was active in. Like, he, you know, I mean, just. I don't know, but he's, he's like, that was when they killed him. That was when I knew that the world's not going to change. When you look it's at gonna, that period of time, just a period of about, you know, five shit, years. He was 18 so. years old at yeah. that point. Yeah. He was like, you know, fuck it. It's, you know, you had a lot, you had a lot of hopes and dreams and innocence lost in that period from you've got JFK killed. You've got Vietnam going on. Then you've got RFK killed. Then you've got Martin Luther King killed. Yeah. I mean, there was, Jim Morrison dies. Exactly. After that. Well, and, and you've got basically, you know, you've got LBJ, Not, I won't say undermining, because he still got the Great Society through and he got the civil rights through. Yeah. But his stance in Vietnam undermines, 
I think if I was young in that perspective, that would cancel out the good that he the did. good that he'd done. Yeah. When I know we're going to discuss Vietnam at another time, that the series, mm-hmm. the Ken Burns series, but man, you talk about a change in culture as far as the people the way that they viewed government and oh. a loss of innocence yeah. and patriotism about the way things were versus right. the way things yeah. they way things really were you know that and th- changed everything and that forever yeah it's still we've that diverted us to where we've never gotten off that right. track because i remember feeling at in during desert storm because we were in high school in desert storm right right megan and yeah. there and there was a this huge. I remember thinking Ooh. about this. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it is strange. This weird outpouring. We're not into that. We were in cloth and clothespin. Overactive bladder. Um. <laughs> this weird outpouring of support for the troops. I mean, right. you know, the trees around the courthouse had yellow ribbons, you know, tied to them and all that. And it was the the country wanted to make for damn sure the way we treated. Right. Vietnam vets didn't what happen, happen again to the Desert Storm vets. That's what's weird. Just even with my dad, um, we like growing up. I never really knew too much about him being in Vietnam. Like he never wanted to what talk about it. What branch was he? What like the army? Okay, well, okay yeah. I didn't want you to be like he's in the thirty fourth battalion. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, he was in the army and he okay. was in the artillery unit. So he's a Purple Heart veteran. So, okay. um, he I guess was like shooting like it was shooting a cannon of sorts when i was younger i used to say he got hit with a bomb um but i guess like the shrapnel um he was really close and so the shrapnel like went through his shoulder so he got to go home but he was saying that like when he got home you know people were throwing fucking tomatoes at them right, off the plane yeah, yeah. just you so know. what year did he was he over there um so he actually was so he's he was born in 1949 he when he was 17, I think he opted to go mm-hmm. and he had to have his mom sign something. And I think he had dropped out of high school and they said, no, you have to have a GED. So he went and got his GED really quickly and then uh, went over there. And um, just like, like I said, like he would never talk about it. Like he won't like I don't I would never be like, oh, how many people did you kill? But like now he's gotten to where because of this kind of like change in the way we treat veterans, mm-hmm. the way we treat just like people that are fighting, you know, fighting out there. Um, he always thought it was weird when they had the little ribbons, like the magnets, mm-hmm. um, that's like yeah. support our troops. He's like, man, nobody ever supported us. Right. But now he's gotten to where he like, um, have you seen the wounded warrior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. he like, he's just getting familiar with the internet. And so it's like, Log on now and uh, put in your put in your information. You can get free wounded wear gear, wounded wear gear. So he's got like the wounded wear hat, the little <laughs> jacket, like all yeah, sorts of. Now right. he's like wearing it as a badge of honor, yeah. and he also has like a purple heart hat. So whenever he wears that, it's he said it's to this day it's still weirds him out when people say like welcome home or well like you know thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah. You for, he's like he feels weird. And I'm like, well, why are you wear the hat? He's like, oh, I just like the hat. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like I'm kind of like thinking. Why wouldn't you wear it? Like, I'd fucking wear it if I did so, all that. Right. What was his reaction? And I've heard TC say that when he, you know, he's asked him, so were you in the shit, like, mm-hmm. uh, in Rushmore? What was his reaction to the first time he did that? So, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Just matter of fact. And- yeah. Like, and now he'll talk about it. He'll, like, he showed his picture. Like, I, he has a ton of pictures from, from Vietnam, but it's just really weird. Like, his, there's just little things that he still lives with now. Um, like, Chinese food. I know it sounds weird and it's not like a racist thing. It's just like when he was over there, if he was eating food that was not given by the army, like people would put razor blades in it. Mm-hmm. And so we'd be like, Oh, you want to go eat Chinese food? He's like, No, I don't, right. I don't trust Chinese food. I'm like, That was 40 years ago or however yeah, right. long ago. And it, like now he's like, He's like, I like Panda Express. That's, hey, that's, about a, as, that's a big about damn as Chinese step. as he gets. But yeah, no, it's, it's just weird because it's like now he's comfortable talking about it because I think everyone's kind right. of, you know, yeah. being a little bit more open, but I still haven't like asked him like, I mean, that's crazy to think that you, I mean, I understand it completely, but because of what you went through when you're 18. Yeah. He sat on that for 50 years. Yeah. Well, just yeah. think just, when, you know, well, when we grew up, we, I mean, we grew up with all the dads, people yeah. our dad's age who that whole generation where, we got to see firsthand that it fucked a lot of people up. Yeah. Sure. But it was a, most of it was just not talked about. No. Yeah. Now, like, and that's to me probably what fucked them up more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was not being like, 
one there of your ex- a lot of mental health one of your ex you know, treatment going on then either. One of your ex uncles, who my yeah. dad is extremely good friends with, I never even knew he was in Vietnam until yeah. I was in high school, and it was the first summer that I was going to work staff at scout camp, and I had to have a Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Well, me and my dad are over at uh, your uncle's house. Yeah. They're drinking beer out in the garage, you know, out in the shop. My dad mentioned something about us, him having to get me a foot locker. He's like, I guess they sell them at Walmart or something. Your uncle's like, hell, I got one he can take. Or I got one he can have. He starts, which everything's nice and tidy. You know, yeah. he keeps everything. Which he goes back in this corner and he drags out this green foot locker, wooden foot locker. He's like, here, you can take this one. and Or you can have this one. I open it up, I and mean, I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. It's like Army stuff, right. you know. I open it up. I mean, it was his when he was in Vietnam. Didn't even have his damn name in it. They're just recirculating this shit yeah. as people die, yeah. you know. And, no, I think it does have his name, but the other name is scratched out, and then his name's in it. Right. And my, I remember my dad going, man, that looks old. You don't want him taking that. Nah, he can have it. I said, I don't want it. He said, my uncle gave that to me. And uh, <laughs> he's like, your uncle? He's like, yeah, Uncle Sam gave that to me. I still got the damn thing. That's and I, awesome. And I, and I contacted your cousin yeah. a f- few years ago when I was cleaning stuff out at my mom and dad's house. I was like, hey, I've got your dad's footlocker from Vietnam and your cousin's up in New York. You right. know? I said, do you want it? Do you want, I mean, it's not hurting. I'm not getting rid of it or anything. Yeah. It's just up in the attic at mom and dad's. I just, I forgot I had it. Do you want it? He's like, I don't have room for it, man. He said, I've got so much of dad's vietnam stuff because evidently he was real into knives yeah yeah he also looked a lot like dale earnhardt yeah and tom Selleck. <laughs> and tom Selleck. yeah yeah because in the early 80s he'd always wear hawaiian shirts and he always was chewing on a cigar my dad looks on a like cigar. a mexican tom Selleck. oh yeah and uh stash it's one Selleck. your 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 cut <laughs> Your cousin was like, no, nah, I've got all his old knives and stuff and some more Vietnam stuff. Said, you can keep the box. Said, I don't want it. It's in good hands, you know. Well, I, and, I'm uh, sure he knows you're not going to take it down to the local pawn shop. Yeah, right. It's not being. And, uh, but it was. And that was the first time I ever realized he was in Vietnam. And yeah. I've been around. He him. went through some tough stuff. I mean, like everybody did right. over there. I've been around he had him some my tough whole, times after. I've only heard him talk about it one time. And he was extremely drunk. And it was it was a sad, sad. I mean, it was just a tearful conversation, and it ended just as quickly yeah. as it started. Yeah. And we he were, had PTSD from being over there, yeah. like a lot of those guys did that just and never we, talked about it and, and got we were, treatment. Because he, it. I mean, because me and him spent a lot of time fishing. He's the one that really taught me how to fish. I mean, yeah. my dad taught me how to fish with minnows and worms, but your uncle taught me how to like fish, fish. You know, and uh, yeah, he's he's a hell of a good guy. There were so many guys, though, that, like, I mean, besides the way they got treated, which was terrible, mm-hmm. but then just the fact that, you know, they didn't talk about what happened. And even if they would have, it's like it's not like there were a lot of, you know, resources for them to get help. Right, because right. like they were still coming off, you know, their dads had served in World War II. And they did. They sure as hell didn't complain. And they didn't. Well, which but, uh, an hold interesting. On. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. An interesting. Pinkied him. And, yeah, pinkied him. <laughs> Which I'd never thought about this. That's just teasing me. Till a documentary that I was watching several years ago was talking about in World War II, they would rotate troops from the front back off the line, and you had just had this massive force of American soldiers that they were constantly rotating to different fronts, and then you'd come back and you'd sit in Vietnam. That was the first war we'd used the helicopter, mm-hmm. where you could get troops anywhere yeah. as quick as you wanted them there. Drop them off, and they would just hop from. They would hop them from battle to battle to battle. So these guys were never pulled off the line very yeah, often. There was no break to you know go back and rest up like they did in World War Two, in kind of the same way now with the way we use our troops. Because right. even in Vietnam, it might have been what was the average tour duty in Vietnam? I think it was. Well, it changed over time. Okay. Uh, I think towards the end it got longer. Longer for sure. Yeah. And during the dra- when it, once you got to the draft, yeah, it got longer. Um, but I was it. I think did you get to eight, 13 months or eighteen months? I can't remember what the documentary said, but it got longer towards the yeah. end. 
Which like the tours that guys do now, I mean, they're they're pretty damn long yeah. tours. You know? Now, so my dad grew up around hanging around the VFW because mm-hmm. my grandfather, he was in the Air Force during the Korean War, mm-hmm. but he got to go to Puerto Rico. That's nice. You know, that's pretty Puerto sweet. And then my other grandfather, he was in the Korean War, but he was on an Water. ammo ship, and the closest they ever got was some offshore shelling towards them mm-hmm. and it, you know it wasn't Ocean bad water. right so he grew up with Big vietnam water. i mean with korean vets water. and there's no doubt that some korean vets especially the ones that got you know right prisoners of war or gotten circled during Guess the it. At chosun oh yeah um they had bad stories but overall they weren't like super traumatized as a general populace yeah but dad said that the world war ii vets that were at the VFW when he was a kid, the people from the European front, they would tell stories. But the people from in the Pacific, yeah. they wouldn't say shit. Right, those guys it, have been through it. Because it had been so traumatic. And those guys, they had hopped from island to island to right. island. Right. You know? Whereas and, in Europe, they just marched across Europe. And it was know? much more of a... Not just, but... You I mean, know, balls-to-the-wall combat where yeah. these people weren't going to give up. Mm-hmm. From the Japanese, which was the same as the as and in the Pacific theater, wasn't it mainly Marines? I mean, Navy and Marines. Well, no, there was Army there. I was mean, there Army the Marines there? took the brunt, just like in Vietnam. Right, I mean, a lot of yeah. it that the Marines took the brunt there. Yeah, got but, a movie wreck for you, Megan. As we're talking, people coming back from war. Old movie you've probably never uh, seen. The best years of our lives. You need I've to go watch that. that. that is- it's. It pretty much swept the Academy Awards that year it came out, which would have been like 40. It was close. It was 46, 47. It's it, fantastic. Who's movie. in that? Uh, Frederick March. Uh, uh, Who, Frederick March and the woman is, uh, is it Myrna Loy? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's got a vet that actually lost both of his arms. Yes. And he's got his, you know, his hooks and everything. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a powerful. story of these three World War II veterans that come back. You know, and try to adapt to living back home after coming back from the war. It's a great movie. Now, did you ever see, uh, was it Coming Home? With John Voight? John Voight, yeah. That's another powerful, that's a Vietnam one. I'm anxious to see, which I always, because I remember when we were kids and all the, it's funny the timeline of how movies start coming, because in the 80s was when it got very, I guess the country was, or Hollywood was greedy enough to think that, okay, it's time to start doing Vietnam movies. So we just we had this. Swath of yeah. Them. So yeah. In, when we were kids, we got a swath of these Vietnam movies coming out, which I remember friends of ours whose dads were in Vietnam. And it all depended on what your experience was as to what they thought was the most right. realistic, you know. But there was one friend of ours that was y'all's age, the one that wore the cowboy boots at, uh, at football, football practice, I yeah. think. Uh, his dad had with his football uniform. Cowboy his dad boots. had severe PTSD, and I don't. I think the only one. I think he got about thirty minutes in, into platoon. He's like, no, couldn't take it. I'm, yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, but he'd wake up with nightmares. Yeah, and, yeah. Now, we had like, another friend or a friend. I mean, he was in our, in our grade. Yeah, his dad had had PTSD bad. Like he would be out. He would be out on his front porch with a rifle. Like when they would wake up, yeah, and he would be out there guarding it because, yeah, and I they went to our church. I never knew them very well, and I didn't know him well. But he would teach like what that guy do? Maybe a mechanic. Okay, yeah, or a machinist. Megan, before they interrupted you, let Megan talk. But he had it super bad, and you know that was doing good stuff, um, blowing through the stop signs. You know, and back then, I mean, how do you? Now it's heavy. Would y'all let Megan? She okay. tried to talk. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna, whoa, I didn't know I had to. Um, no, I was just going to say, so like my dad didn't so much suffer PTSD, but he actually had like, um, they diagnosed him with type one diabetes from the Asian orange exposure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until maybe 2004, like I was graduating high school. I don't remember. Um, but once they like, it, it took them that long to like do paperwork or whatever. Well, they fought where, it. They fought Asian orange to even admit that it had. Right. And so he ended up getting like, it wasn't like a big settlement, but he got like X amount of dollars to pay for like his past medications. And now the VA pays for right. um, him to get his medications now but that's one thing that i feel um i don't want to be like rah rah you know 
getting pissed about it. But like the VA, like is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Like he will get, um, X amount of medicine and it depends. Like when you're a diabetic, it's not like you take a pill every day. Sure, It's like if your insulin's lower, sometimes you have to take more insulin. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they won't like have his medicine ready in time. Yeah. And so he has to go and like buy it at Walgreens right. and like he can't get a hold of any of the doctors. And the other thing is that like, I guess a lot of um foreign doctors that are trying to, I guess get their, I don't know if it's just their, um what is it? Residency or something. They're always there. So like they, there's like a really bad language barrier. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's, if it's cheaper labor or what it is. Yeah, no, it is. There. So my dad's like, I can't understand anything my doctor says. Right. He has to go, he goes to like 10 different doctors because yeah. he has to get it like, but in order to get anything covered, you have to go to the VA. You have to wait like five or six hours. Right. And it's just insane because it's like he doesn't have like the, um, the night terrors or anything like that, but it's like the other effects that he has, you know, just in yeah, the, general, yeah, like health problems are yeah. like, that's part of his problem is just like from, from being there. Like, I don't think it would have happened. No, otherwise. no. Yeah. The, it's funny. There's, the, there's also a lot of mess that goes on with the VA with, um, the cheaper way to do things. Well, that, and like with the whole PTSD thing, like there's two sides of the coin that it's great that that's been emphasized and a lot of people are getting benefits now, but what's also happened is, like with a lot of, you know, any kind, anytime there's a big governmental system to where actually running it, you know, is very difficult that you've got a lot of people that have, that have gotten pushed to the front of the line that are getting benefits that shouldn't be getting benefits right. to where a lot of people that have genuine PTSD, they're having to wait in line behind these people yeah. for all this paperwork to get done for all, you know, because of the emphasis on, you know, if someone, there's such a high sensitivity to if anyone has any sign of PTSD, we want to make sure they get benefits, which is great. But you don't see behind the scenes of the bottleneck that happens to where people that need the benefits are having to wait in line behind a lot of red tape yeah. for those that should be at the right. back of the line. And what's what's blows me away, and my father-in-law, as I mentioned earlier, where we have been a different episode, He uh, he's in the medical field. The last 10 years of his career, he worked for the VA. He was, he was never a vet, you know, very pacifist type guy. I remember talking to him one evening and I could tell he was, he was visibly upset about something, you know, he's like, our government has, and this was right as the Afghanistan and Iraqi vets were starting to come back. He said, our government has no idea what this is going to cost. He said, you know, they're, they look at things as far as, I mean, the only thing they have to base it off of is what's what Vietnam's costed them. He said, you know, there's so many more injuries that we treat Oh yeah. now. He said, those guys would have never, they would have never lived right. in Vietnam, but the medicine's so good now. We can get, you know, all the amputations and all that kind of stuff. He said, uh, our government is not prepared to fork. He said, I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on they're not going to be willing to fork out the money it's going to cost to take care of these guys. Well, not to mention it's, the difference in uh, just like the difference in mental health expenditures alone from mm-hmm. what was available and offered then till now. Yeah. That, I mean, it's great that it's offered and it should be, but it's also a huge expenditure that it just wasn't part yeah. of the budget to the extent. And you can't, now. you can't, all you can do is And that project. stuff goes on for years. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about 30 years worth of right. treatment. And you, you can you can quantify. We got this many number of casualties in year two thousand six. Mm-hmm. You can't quantify how many people may have a PTSD related claim, right? Because you just don't know. There's no yeah. checkbox yeah. to say, well, you know, you know. And too, with the for years, especially years ago, I mean, the VA is notorious for you know they're going to work on you, but it's going to be the cheapest way to do it, right? You know. A friend of my dad's, cheapest medicines, a, cheapest a, labor. A good friend of my dad's, who was you know quite a bit older than him. He was a Korean War vet. Later in his life, he had diabetes. Ended up having some toes amputated. Walked in a special shoe, and Dad said I could tell he was getting worse. So I was talking with him one day, and said he just broke down. He's like, I've I've got to go to the. He didn't have regular health insurance. He'd always been self employed. He'd just gone to the VA. He said, I've got to get my foot taken care of, the one that they'd amputated some toes on. That said, well, just get on the 
can you go down to the VA and have them do it? He said, I, yeah, but I know what they're going to chop my foot off. He said, I know that's what, because that's going to be the simplest way to do it, and that's what mm-hmm. they're going to do. He said, I don't want, don't want them to do that. Right. He said, well, if you looked at a, another doctor, he said, yeah, I went to see a specialist in Dallas, and I can do this and do this, but it's going to cost, you know, X amount. They can save my foot, but it's, this is what it's going to cost. So I know that VA is not going to do that. Well, he went on a little bit, got a little bit worse. They went down to the VA, sure as shit. They chopped his foot off, gave him another special shoe, told him to come back in six months, you know. And eight months later, he's dead, you know, one of those things. Which, you know, he was an old man, probably would have died anyway. But at the same time, it's like, damn, you know, how come these guys can't roll into, you know, Baylor Hospital or Presby Hospital, that yeah, kind of thing, type of you know. Right. Well, this is bring the, this is bring, this has been the light version of a bring bring the room up kind of yeah. episode. All right. Well, if you have stories about VA horrors, VA horrors, <laughs> what? The, I'm sure there are some horrors. Or if you have JFK conspiracy talk, email us at can you hear me pod at gmail dot com, and we will talk to you later. I guess. Adios. Adios. And there are absolutely no alert measures that are necessary at this time or contemplated. Uh, now, if you have some questions, I'd be happy to crisis take them. Crisis management is in effect. Who is making the decisions for the government right now? Who's making the decisions? Constitutionally, gentlemen, you have the president, the vice president, and the secretary of state in that order. And should the president decide he wants to tr- transfer the helm to the vice president, he, he will do so. As of now, I am in control here in the White House, pending return of the vice president, and in, in close touch with him. If something came up, I would check with him, of course. So you were in Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in the shit. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas.